Well, good morning, everybody. What a morning in the house. Amen. Amen. I felt as if I was back in school, ladies. I felt as if I was back in the choir at school. There was a, a big reunion. So I want to thank you for, for bringing us into worship this morning. It was absolutely uh, powerful. So thank you for that this morning. And, and just to hear these songs wrote um, by our very own people, it's, yeah, it just flutters, flutters my heart. And just to see these young girls just stepping up, it's just brilliant. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming to our land. Amen. Amen. So yeah, so God has given me this word, I believe, for this morning. Um, But just before I get into the word, I just want to share a little story. And this story is about two monks. And they were walking through the countryside and they were on their way to another village. And when they were on the the way to this village, um, they were going over there to bring back some crops. And as they walked, they seen an old lady sitting on on a rock beside the river and she was sitting on the edge of this rock and as she was sitting there this little lady began to cry and she was so upset and she was so upset because she couldn't get across to the other side and because there was no bridge so the monk seen her and he says to her he says um he said ma'am he said how can we help he said he said how can we help you today he says He said, would you be open if we helped to bring you across to the other side of the river, myself and my friend? So the little old lady said, yes, she said, I would really love that. So the two monks, they joined hands and they lifted the little old lady up between them and they carried her across the river. And when they got to the other side, they let her down and off she went on her merry way. And a couple of miles up the road, the two monks are walking together. And the second monk, he begins to complain. And he begins to look at his clothes. And he begins to look down and he begins to see that his clothes are filthy. And he says to the other monk, he said, my clothes are filthy, he said, from carrying this little old lady across the river. He said, my back, he said, is beginning to hurt. He said, I I have some ailments now in, in my back. He said, I'm feeling really stiff. So another, so the, so the first monk, he just looked at him and he nodded and he smiled at him. And a couple of more yards up the road, the second monk still is complaining. And he's still griping on about having to carry this little old lady across the river. And he said, that silly woman, he said, if we hadn't have had to carry her across the river, he said, he said, I wouldn't be complaining with my back. And the first monk looked at him and he gave him the death stare. (laughs) And he says to him, while this monk is complaining, while he's on the ground, while he's thrown a strop, the first monk says to him, he says, have you ever thought, he said, why I'm not complaining? He said, your back hurts because he said, you're still carrying the little old lady. He said, but I set her down five miles ago. So this morning, the moral of the story is, what are you carrying here in the house? What are you carrying here in the house this morning? Are you the first monk? Or are you that second monk? What do you need to let go of this morning? What do you need the Lord to touch you here this morning? 
What are you still carrying here in the house this morning? And it brings me to the scripture. And as I said, I believe that God brought me to this. And it's a time when Jesus is in full flight of his ministry. And he's in full flight of preaching. And there's extraordinary things that are happening while he's preaching. And Jesus ends up in this house. And when he ends up in this house, there's crowds upon crowds of people inside the house, but also outside the house. And these people came to see Jesus. Do you know why? Because they wanted to see what Jesus was going to do next. They had heard that he had just landed in Capernaum. And when he had landed there, you see, word got out. It's like being in Ireland. When word gets out here, you get the multitudes and the vast amount of people that will show up, even if there's a free giveaway. They will, they will show up. But what happened was, when Jesus landed in Capernaum, the people came. There was crowds and crowds of people that came. And if you turn to Mark 2, 1 to 12, we're going to have a look at this passage. But just when we get into this passage... I want you to remember, this passage is filled. It's filled with wonders. It's filled with the wonders of God in this passage. But this passage is also filled with the word of God. And God begins to declare his word in this passage. And it's filled with the miracles of Jesus. And if you don't get Jesus in this passage this morning, well, take it up with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this house. Lord, I thank you that your word is a light unto our feet. That, Father, that you make a way where there seems to be no way. And, Father, I ask, Lord God, begin to open hearts here this morning. Father, begin to clear the pathways just as we we sang that song this morning. Father, begin, Father, to clear out, out of people's minds what needs to be cleared out. And, Father, begin to deposit your spirit. Begin, Father, to do something in the house here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, yeah, so Mark 2, and this is what it says. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived. And these four men, they were carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So I love these guys, what they do next. They dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, he said, my child... Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say that the paralyzed man, that your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? And he says to them, I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, he said, stand up. Stand up, he says. He said, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat and go home. 
And the man jumped up to his feet. Imagine, this man had been paralysed. And he jumps up to his feet. And he grabbed his mat. And he walked out through the stoned onlookers. And they were all amazed. And they all began to praise God. They all began to praise God and exclaim that we have never seen anything like this before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You know, when I was reading this, I was actually getting excited in my spirit. You know, because God revealed himself to me through this portion of of scripture. You know, and and as Noel has said, you know, about the winter being gone. You know, that the spring is here. I'm thankful for my spring here today, this morning. I'm thankful for the spring here this morning. You know what? When I was doing this word, I began to, just began to study it. And anybody can draw a crowd, isn't that right? Anybody can draw a crowd. Preachers can draw a crowd. Celebrities can draw a crowd. Musicians can draw a crowd. Footballers can draw a crowd. But it's what you do with that crowd that makes a difference. It's what you actually do with that crowd that makes a difference. My son is 20 years of age. And when he started junior school and senior infants, he had the same teacher for two years. And every time I would go to have a meeting with that teacher, she would say to me, every time I look down the classroom, Jamie is right in the middle of a crowd. He does have loads of people around him. She said he's like a magnet. He draws people to him. People are just drawn to him. And sometimes that can be good, but sometimes that can, that can have its downside as well. But right in the middle of Jesus preaching to the crowd in the house, something spectacular happens. Four men, four men carry their friend up onto the roof of the house. The roof of the house. Now back then in those times, these roofs of the houses, they were flat. And normally the stairs was outside, outside the house, thank God. But these men had to carry this paralysed man on a mat up the stairs and I work with people that are disabled and you know what today we have hoists and we have all types of of equipment and machinery that's able to lift people that have disabilities so can you imagine back in the day these four men carry their friends up onto the roof on his mat imagine that you know because people can be a dead weight and here these friends they take this task on and when they get to the top of the house to the roof of the house they begin to dig and they begin to dig through the roof until they made an opening that was big enough that their friends could actually fit through and be lowered down into the presence of God unbelievable these four friends why they did that was because they believed that if they could bring their friend to Jesus, that Jesus was going to heal them. Hallelujah. And can you just imagine the scene? Just imagine the scene here today. Just imagine there's a a, a rumbling up in the roof here this morning. Imagine that there's a rumbling up in the roof this morning. We hear digging coming from above. There's a sound of disruption But also there's a sound of chatter. There's a sound of people up there talking. I can nearly hear some of the lads here up on the roof. Yeah, just keep going, keep going. I can nearly make out some heads down below. I can nearly make out some people. And while we're sitting here, dirt begins to fall on us. 
Rubble begins to fall on us. Wood begins to fall on us. The tiles begin to fall on us. But there's always somebody in the crowd. Isn't that right? That's not impressed. Like the religious leaders. They weren't impressed with the disruption that was taking place when Jesus was preaching in the, in the house. And sometimes we can become like that. We can, we can become the music is too loud or the music is, is, is too low or the sermon is too long or the sermon is too short. And sometimes we can become like those religious leaders. But yeah, these men, they're up there and they're digging through the roof and they're digging and they're digging because they want to get their friend down to Jesus. And next of all, the people that are sitting here, us, we begin to see a breakthrough. We begin to see grey skies today. And we begin to see that light is starting to shine through in the room. And this man, there's a man actually lower down in front of me while I'm preaching. What an entrance. What an entrance. Imagine what Jesus taught. Imagine as Jesus is in this house and there's crowds upon crowds of people and he was probably preaching out of the Old Testament and as he's preaching, there's a rumbling, there's a sound. And next of all, this man has been lowered down right in front of him. Can you imagine what Jesus was thinking? I would say Jesus had a grin as, as the size of Ireland. I'd say he was delighted that these men actually took it upon themselves to take their friend and to bring him to Jesus. Just imagine his face. He was so pleased, I believe. But just imagine the crowd... And the amazement on their faces. I'm sure they had never seen anything like that. And especially in a worship service. They'd never seen anything happen like that before. And what I love about these men, and here's my first point, that they had persistent faith. These men were persistent in their faith. And they were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. And the scripture tells us that Jesus saw their faith. You see, God knows everything. Isn't that right? God knows everything about each of us here this morning. He saw their faith. A faith that rose up when all the impossibilities were stacked against them. A faith that overcomes barriers. A faith that found a way around the crowd. A faith that found a new door to go through. A faith that develops perseverance. A faith that worked in their hearts and then it worked its way to the outside. The paralyzed man is let down into the service right in front of Jesus' eyes. And Jesus does something amazing. Don't you love God? He says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. What powerful words of transformation. Powerful words of transformation. God says, son, your sins are forgiven. And I'm sure the friends, they're looking through the people and they're saying to themselves, his sins are forgiven. What has this dude actually done? And I'm sure they were baffled as to, why would Jesus say, son, your sins are forgiven? I'm sure the friends were kind of looking on, you know, you know, puzzled. Why would God heal his sins? Why would God 
bypass healing his legs first? Why would God bypass healing his legs first? That's right. You see, God was going after the heart. God was going after the heart. But for us here today, sometimes we look in the natural. We look at the physical things, the physical things that we think that we need. But God bypasses. God bypasses and God is saying, no, I want what's in your heart. I want what's in your heart here this morning. I want that thing that you won't let go of. That thing that you're carrying. But you know what? Jesus being God, he takes action and he shows up. And Jesus is more concerned about this man's heart. He's more concerned about his heart right now than healing his legs. You see, this paralytic paralytic man, he was separated from God. He was far off from God. And I love that Jesus said, Son, Son, you are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You know what that actually did? This brought this paralytic man back into a relationship with God. It brought him back into fellowship with the family. It brought him back in. It brought him closer. It brought him more intimate with God. What Jesus did for this man that day was he gave him the greatest gift that anybody, that nobody could have given him, only God. And that greatest gift was that he forgave him. He gave him the gift of forgiveness. He gave him the gift of acceptance. He reconciled him back to God. And you know, Jesus is still offering this today. Still offering this same forgiveness and acceptance today. Jesus is still in the business of changing lives here today in the house. Jesus is still in the, in the business of forgiving sins. You know, God came to this earth for all of us so that our sins would be forgiven and to make a way back to the Father. And why did God do that? <clears throat> because he loves us. And God wants to erase our past. He wants to take away our shame. He wants to take away the guilt. And I want to throw out a question to you this morning. Have you received his forgiveness this morning? Have you received his forgiven power? I have two hands, three hands this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And there may be many here this morning that haven't accepted that you are fully forgiven in God. Can I tell you, there's going to be a space here this morning where God will meet with you and God will forgive you of your sins here this morning. <coughs> I want to throw this out to you. Have you ever heard God call you son or daughter? Have you ever heard God call you son or daughter? Hallelujah. Three hands in the front and one down the back. When God calls you son or daughter, can I tell you, you can find complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness from him. Colossians, I think it's Colossians 2.13 says that 
I'm paraphrasing. God made you alive with Jesus and he forgave us all of our sins. All of our sins. But you know, in this passage of scripture, Jesus is, he's faced with criticism. He's faced with confrontation. And as he's faced with this, the religious scholars, they begin to say to him, you're blaspheming. You're blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. But you see, the religious scholars, they were blinded. They were blinded. Here was God standing in front of them. And they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. You know, the good news that Jesus brought that day in the house, it didn't fit into the old, rigid, legalistic system of the religious scholars that day. They didn't want to believe that he forgives sins. They weren't allowing him to have that. And I love what Jesus did. He did something different. He did something different that day. And he says to them, and he offers them a challenge. He says, I'm going to prove to you that I am God. He said, I'm going to prove to you that I am the Son of God. And that I have authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus begins to set up a test. And he sets this test up. But it wasn't just for the religious scholars. It was also for the paralytical man. And the real test was for this crippled man to rise up and walk. And I began to think about this paralytic man. I began to think, you know, we don't know how long he's been lying on this mat or sitting on this mat or, you know, why he was paralyzed. We don't, we don't actually fully know those details. But what I began to, to see about this paralytic man was that he probably couldn't face his day without his mat. He probably couldn't do without his mat every day. And it was going to take faith on the paralytic man's part to actually rise up and walk and to attempt to walk. And that's for somebody here this morning. It's going to take faith for you to rise up and walk and to completely trust in God for that situation that's going on in your life right now. But Jesus had something different to say. He had something different to say that day. And he commands the man, arise, arise and walk. He says to him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. He says, come on. He says, I'm God. I'm going to prove to these people in this room who I am. He was proven that he was God who forgives. He was proven he is God who heals. He was proven he is God in the flesh. And he was proven that he has the power, the authority to release man from bondage into freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, he was proven that he was who he claimed to be. And what Jesus is saying, 
that the place to receive forgiveness is here on the earth. It's right here, right now. It's right here, it's right now. And I don't know whether there's people in this house this morning that know Jesus. But if you were to go out there, God forbid, and you got hit by a bus. I know, dramatic, I know. But let's just say you did get hit by a bus. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Because I can tell you, I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. But there's people in our world that are lost, that don't know where they're going. And the truth be known, there's people that are going to hell. And I don't say that lightly. But if you don't know Jesus here this morning, can I tell you, he's a friend. He's a friend. And you won't get anyone closer than a brother than Jesus. He's a great friend. He's a great companion. He's a great husband. He's a great father. He's a great father to the orphans. And my third point, this paralytic man, he obeyed Jesus. And when Jesus was finished with the man, you know what? That man, he didn't need that man anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more, ma. We'll call him ma. <laughs> you see, the paralytic man, he was used to holding on to his ma. It was his treasured possession. He slept on it. He rested on it. He probably ate on it. And he probably couldn't face the day without it. And Jesus tells him, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and go home. What mat are you holding on to today? You see, it took the faith of these four men to bring their friends. And it took the faith of this paralytic man to stand up and to walk and to put everything in him to trust God. And when he put everything in him and trusted God, God was glorified in that room that day. God was glorified and news spread. News spread. The Messiah is in the city. The Messiah is in the city. And you know what? That man, that paralytic man, when he got up and he walked, he did his part. And that's what it takes to have faith. We've got to do our part. Isn't that right? The friends... They did their job and they did their part. But also God, God Almighty, he did his part. What would Jesus have you and I pick up today? What are you holding on to tightly? What are you holding on to tightly more so than your faith? Are you putting your hope in money? Are you putting your hope in a relationship? Are you putting your hope in a job? What are you holding on to so tightly today? You see, Jesus had a need that day and that need was fulfilled when that man, that paralytic man was dropped down in front of him. He's seen his heart. 
And yes, he's seen the physical. He knew his legs. He knew he couldn't walk. He knew he'd no strength in his legs. But Jesus went after the heart. So what is Jesus saying to you this morning? Is Jesus going after your heart? Is he bypassing that thing that you so want him to fix? And Jesus is saying something else. Is Jesus saying, son, daughter, I want to deal with the sin that's in your life right now. But you have to let it go. You have to let go of that thing that's been consuming you. Because I want your heart. I want to go after your heart right now. And can I tell you, church, this morning, that God doesn't want you to live your life on a map. He doesn't. God wants you to run. He has given you the ability to run. And there's many here this morning that need to get up and get off the map. And the question is, will you sit there Will you sit there, church, or will you get up and go? Will you be like that paralytic man? Will you stand up? Hallelujah. Will you stand up? Will you stand up and say, Lord, I don't have the faith right now, but give me the faith to trust you, to stand and to pick up my mat and to walk out of this place. I believe Jesus was telling the man to pick up the mat because he wasn't going to need it anymore. You see, back then, when you had a, a, a disability or you were, you were known as an outcast in society, and a lot of those people that were outcast, they would beg. And I believe that Jesus was telling them and he was, and, and, and he was showing them, you're not going to need that mat anymore because you're not going to beg off that mat anymore. You're no longer going to be an outcast in society. You're not going to need that map because you're not going to worry. You're not going to suffer anymore. You're not going to be dependent on that map anymore. Because he found the Messiah. The paralytic man, he found the Messiah. He found the healer. So church, whatever you're holding on to tightly this morning... Whatever that is, if it's tighter than your faith, I believe Jesus would say, let it go. Let it go. I forgive you for that, son. I forgive you for that, daughter. Come on, come on back into a relationship with me. Come on back into the fold. Come on back in. And I believe Jesus wants to bypass some of your stuff here this morning as well. And now is the time to take a step of faith forward. I believe God wants to restore many here in the house this morning. And I'm going to ask, are we going to have the team come back? Yeah, ladies, ladies, yeah, I would love to have you back up. Yeah, please come and, and, and join me.